0: With a Side of Knowledge Mini. Well, hello, With a Side of Knowledge listeners. We're back again with another bonus episode, another What Makes Me Happy bonus episode. And I'm really excited about this one because this is something that also not only makes my guest happy, but makes me happy too. So, Casey Buckles, welcome to With a Side of Knowledge.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here to talk about the socks.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, Casey is the Brian and Janelle Brady Associate Professor of Economics at Notre Dame. She's a faculty affiliate of the Wilson-Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, a research associate with the National Bureau of Economic Research. Her research interests include the economics of the family, economic demography, and child health and well-being. But as she said, we're not here to talk about all those very important things today. We're here to talk about another very important thing, the Boston Red Sox, or the Sox, as those of us who love them. Like to refer to them. We don't call the White Sox that, just the Red Sox. Um, So, your connection to the Sox, Casey, it involves a pretty distinctive working while you were in school story that I'm pretty sure has something to do with you getting your PhD in economics at Boston University.
1: That's right. So, uh, as you say, uh, in 2000 to 2005, I was in Boston working uh, on getting my economics PhD. And, you know, after my second year that summer, There wasn't really a strong culture in my department of getting right into your research at that time. Really all we had to do was uh, take our field exams at the beginning of the summer, and after that we were kind of left our own devices. I think they've actually fixed that structural problem now, (laughs) but at the time um, it actually presented me with a nice opportunity, which was a summer to spend in Boston without much to do. Um, I wanted to make a little bit of money, uh, and I saw this advertisement for tour guides at Fenway Park. Uh, And I was a huge baseball fan. I actually had a little bit of experience as a tour guide because when I was in college at the University of Kentucky, I was a tour guide at the Kentucky Horse Park. So I thought this is the job for me. Uh, And I went and interviewed and was given the job on that day. So that first summer after my second year, I spent uh, giving tours of Fenway. Through that job, I got to know some of the women who worked as ball girls for the Boston Red Sox. And um, you know, so one day toward the end of the season, I said, "That seems really fun. How does one get to do that?" Uh, and they said, "Well, have you have you played softball?" And I said, "Yes." And they said, "Good enough." Um, so then, the next two seasons in 2003 and 2004, I worked as a ball girl for the Red Sox.
0: And people who uh, know baseball, know baseball history know that those were two really good seasons to be around the Boston Red Sox. And you said that you like baseball, you had um, some experience with baseball and softball. Were you a Sox fan prior to this or was this more just kind of proximity and there's, there's this team there and kind of your just interest generally in the sport drew you there and, and as being a tour guide, as you said?
1: So I was not a Red Sox fan growing up, um, but I was a big baseball fan. But I grew up in central Kentucky. We were you know, two and a half hours away from the closest major league team. If anything, we were Cardinals fans because the AAA team, the minor league team for the Cardinals at the time was in Louisville and we would go all the time to the minor league games, but I still never really had a strong connection. So you could say that I was ripe for the picking when I moved to Boston, a a baseball fan moving to one of the uh, biggest fandoms in all of sports. Um, So I really quickly fell in love with the Red Sox. And of course, you know, once I started working there as a tour guide and then as a ball girl, it was. It was really a dream come true.
0: And that's fun for me too, because, you know, standing here, I'm I'm wearing, you can't see it right now, I'm wearing my Carl Yastrzemski jersey, because for people who don't know Yaz and his one year at Notre Dame, he lived in, he went to Notre Dame for a year and lived in Morrissey Manor, which was my undergraduate dorm. So that's my little bit of connection. But I was the same way in that I grew up outside Detroit going to Tigers games, but didn't really have a strong affinity for them. And when I met my, wife who would become my wife who went to grad school in Boston who was in grad school in 03 and 04 in Boston and she became a Sox fan and it kind of same sort of thing i was a blank slate and they it was a great time to kind of get pulled in and, and really love them um so did you work any or all of the of the games in the 2003 and 2004 ALCS or the 2004 World Series because again 04 was famously the year that the curse of the Bambino was broken after 86 years.
1: That's right. I did. And as you said, I was extremely lucky. I feel very lucky to have had this job in the first place, but to have had it at the time that I did um, was one of the greatest pieces of luck in my life. I feel like greatest um, uh, strokes of good timing. So in 2003, that was my first year actually working as a ball girl. And that's when they had the seven game Epic series against the New York Yankees. So for that series, games three, four, and five were in Fenway Park. Um, I worked a couple of those, but most notably, I did work game three, which was this game where the Red Sox and Yankees had a massive brawl. Pedro Martino uh, Martinez ended up throwing Don Zimmer to the ground when Don Zimmer ran out to join the Fracas Um, I had a friend who worked on the grounds crew, you know, all the employees knew one another um, and he ended up getting in an altercation with one of the Yankees pitchers in the bullpen. That was my friend out there. Uh, (laughs) When they carted Don Zimmer off, I was sitting on the side. So they actually brought him in the stretcher right by me. So that was just an absolutely insane experience to be a part of.
0: So what, I mean, and that's a great, I I remember that game. I will admit that it was, but, predates before I was, you know, I'm the Red Sox fan who started after like 2005. So I was watching those series like all other sports fans at that point, but didn't have that that rooting interest. And you do a great job talking about that. I mean, what was the atmosphere just generally like with with the crowd? And I'm sure there's collective anxiety and collective jubilation at times. And it, I imagine it was a pretty just kind of electric feeling just to be in that building at that time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have, first of all, the Red Sox, even in the ALCS, they had not been in that game for many years. Um, you have this rabid fan base that was so excited to see their team finally playing at this level. But to have it against the Yankees, you know, if you weren't there, I think it's really hard to understand just how much those two teams and those two fan bases hated one another. <laughs> um you know, and I think the fact that the teams disliked one another somewhat is uh, so much is kind of unusual, right? Sometimes it's the fans that kind of carry those rivalries, but the, the, the members of those teams, you could really tell, just did not care for one another. Um, and that had been, been building up all season. So it really was just um, so intense in the stadium that day, both on the field and off, um, and something really exciting to be a part of. Uh, You know, you mentioned um, kind of coming into the Red Sox late, and at times I felt guilty for, you know, being, you know, not being a lifelong Red Sox fan, and then being there for a few years and getting them them, uh, to see them win the World Series. But I feel like I really earned my stripes in that 2003 season, um, because, uh, as as you well know, Game 7 of that series was a real heartbreaker, in which the... Red Sox lost in a walk-off home run. Um, So I I really felt that pain, which made me feel a little bit more like I earned the elation that we would experience in, in 2004.
0: So the 2004 American League Championship Series is the incredibly famous one for the simple fact that, I mean, people know 04 that the Red Sox, that was the year they won the World Series. But to get there, they were down three games to none to the Yankees in the American League Championship Series they came all the way back to win four games to three. It's still the only time in baseball history that that has ever happened. I mean, you had the game four was an extra inning game to even just, you know, keep playing for another day. Did you work a lot of the games in in that series? Were you there for game four or any of the games after that?
1: Yes. So I worked (laughs) a couple of games in that 2004 ALCS, the American League Championship Series. Um, I did work in that game four that was the turnaround. I worked in the first half of it, You know, uh, all the ball girls wanted to work all of the games, so we actually rotated during those playoff games. Um, So I wasn't on the field for the epic extra inning comeback uh, that happened after midnight in that game four. Um, But, you know, that series was very different in that, you know, they were already down 0-2 by the time they came into Fenway, and then they lost the first game in Fenway. So, you know, even when they won games four and five, as exciting uh, as those were, you know, they, they were going to have to go back to Yankee Stadium and win two more. And that, as you say, that had never been done before. Um, so there was kind of a weird mood for those games. Uh, I then did go on to work uh, the World Series, and that was just absolutely incredible to be in the World Series in Fenway Park. Um, the, the game where they won the series was actually in St. Louis. It was a road game, which I actually think was good for the city of Boston. I think that city might have burned to the ground if they had won their first championship in 86 years on their home turf.
0: So just kind of from a, I think anyone who's watched baseball, we've all seen the ball girls and ball boys. And I feel awkward saying, cause you were a PhD student, you getting your doctorate in economics. I'm calling you a ball girl at this time, but I know that's what the position is. What are the actual duties during the game? What are you looking for? Is your head in different places based on what's going on on the field? How, what kind of, if someone was going out there to do that job, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Yes. So the main duty of the ball girl or ball boy, uh, what is really to try and uh, is to sit on the sidelines on the foul lines on the first and third base side and try to catch the balls, the foul balls that come in your direction. So they don't then either ricochet out into the field so that the outfielders have to chase them down. Or hit a fan, actually. So I was doing this in the days when they didn't have uh, so many nets, and so we were actually trying to protect the fans of it. Um, so you're really sitting there and watching very intently because a foul ball can come your way at any time. One thing that was really interesting, you know, as I got to do this job for quite a while, is you would figure out which players were inclined to hit screaming foul balls down uh, in your direction. So uh, Kevin Millar, for example, was a player for the Red Sox at the time. You know, he, he was a good hitter, but on a team where you have uh, David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, you know, he was not most feared among other players in the league, but I will say he was most feared among ball girls uh, because he was well known for hitting screaming line drives and ground balls right down the third baseline.
0: Do you, from your time there or the year since, do you have a favorite Sox player of all time?
1: My favorite player at the time was Trot Nixon, who was the right fielder. You know, he was just a scrappy guy that kind of personified that whole team. Uh, so I think I think he would be my. Um, he, I'd say he's probably still my favorite.
0: That's a good answer, and I and I would assume that Fenway is your favorite place to see a baseball game.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, there's there's really nothing like Fenway. You know, if you haven't been, it, it's. You know it's the oldest stadium in baseball, um, and you can really feel that when you're there. So you know they've made modern updates uh, many over the years, many in recent years. But when you're underneath in the concourses, uh, or if you're sitting in those tiny seats in the upper levels that are still the exact same size that they were when they put them in many decades ago, you it is not at all hard to imagine what it would have been like to be there in the 1930s or the 1970s. Um, it's also a great place to watch baseball because the fans there are really knowledgeable uh, baseball fans. So they are into every pitch. They know what's going on. Um, you know. So I, I, as much as anybody like a game where there's water slides and all kinds of crazy things happening, I, I can enjoy baseball uh, that way too. But just for the pure baseball experience, there's no place like Fenway.
0: And I, w- one thing I, I love about it, and this, I, I, I don't mean to offend, I'm, I'm sure we have many Cub fans who listen to this, but one thing that I love about Fenway versus a place like Wrigley is that, that quirkiness and the old timiness actually plays out in the dimensions of the field. It's, it's not just that it's an old building, but it's that, you know, down the right field line is so short, but then it basically goes straight out behind it or you have the monster and left and, and the triangle, it just makes it, um, it's a, it's a very special place. We were talking before we started recording uh, you have two children. Have you, have you taken them to a game there yet?
1: We have not. Uh, they've been to a few different baseball parks, but not to Fenway. We are actually planning to do that this summer. Right. Uh, we've already got a hotel room booked in Boston. So we're hoping that we get to make that happen this summer. If not, uh, we'll do it again yeah. soon.
0: Well, Casey Buckles, this has been great talking to you about the Sox, especially since we don't have baseball right now. It was nice to talk about that with Fenway as my, my Zoom background. So uh, thanks for coming on and doing this today.
1: Good. Well, you've made me feel like I'm there. And uh, like you say, I'm really missing baseball right now. So this was a nice uh, conversation to have. Go Sox. Exactly.
0: With a Side of Knowledge is a production of the Office of the Provost at the University of Notre Dame. Our website is provost.nd.edu slash
1: podcast.